Then let's get it over with. The sooner the better, I muttered, making for the lobby. We had a good forty-minute drive ahead of us, and now that I knew my Saturday was going to be spent getting poked and prodded, I wanted it out of the way. So off we went, like good little test subjects. We barely spoke in the car, both lost to our own musings. By the time he finally pulled up to the clinic, my stomach was ready to reject the Pop-Tart we'd split on the way there. The building that housed R.S. Tobler Laboratories Pro Bono Clinic was an impressive sight to behold. Not only was it a mammoth homage to modern architecture, with large-scale windows and curved sweeping lines, but it was in the part of the city we were least likely to get knifed on the street. Talk about pricey real estate. When we got out of the car, I grabbed his hand. It was probably the first time I was in danger of bruising him for all the exertion I put into it, but I needed him beside me. If I had to walk into the lion's den like it was no big deal, the nervous energy had to go somewhere. He brushed a kiss at my hairline. You're going to be fine. And if I'm not? His lips tilted upward with that stupid testosterone-driven confidence of his. I'll be there. Nothing's going to happen. Oh, that's right. People with superpowers don't have to worry about these things. I made a face as we headed for the entrance. Tell me, how do you feel about tights? The doors slid apart and he pulled me closer before stepping inside. If that's what does it for you, I'll consider it. I lifted my hand, ready to slap him, but froze when someone called out to us. Welcome to the RSTL Free Clinic. A man wearing a silver button-up shirt and purple tie stood, lowering the mouthpiece on his headset. What can I help you two with? Shots? Exams? He lowered his voice and raised his eyebrows. Do you need to get tested? He must have read the question mark on my face because he hissed, STDs? That got everyone in the lobby's attention. Our ordeal had just become more entertaining than outdated magazines. No, thank you, Wallace replied, looking unbothered despite the fact that his ears were red. We are here to see Faye Tobler. He paused for a moment and scrunched his face. Or Gale, whichever. The man straightened and his almond eyes grew round. You're Mr. Blake? he asked, regarding us like we were suddenly a part of the Pope's entourage. And Miss Collins. That's us, I said, squirming as everyone continued to stare. I guess we have an appointment? He gave a quick nod and hurried around the front desk. Please, follow me. I wasn't sure if his sudden professionalism was a good thing or not, but I could tell by his face we were about to find out. He led us to a gold elevator and instructed us to go down to the lower level. Once there, we were to turn right and follow the hallway until we got to a reception area. Someone would meet us there. What a formal way of saying, get in the basement. We did as we were told and made our way down, hand in hand, to the lit desk around the corner. This time, a woman took care of us, ushering us toward a security checkpoint. Oh, and by security, I don't mean rent-a-cops like the ones that man our dorms back at school. I mean big, burly dudes, standing with their arms crossed in front of one of those machines like you'd see at the airport. Just keep going, 
get it over with. If this was what it took to keep Wallace's psychotic family appeased, I was willing to jump through a few hoops. Better than another throwdown in the wilderness. I started to untie my shoelaces and one of the men reached forward. Wallace angled a protective shoulder in front of me. Look, I'm Wallace Blake. This is Rena Collins. We were called here. We showed up. We're not going through some song and dance for everyone's amusement. The man's lip curled back, barely masking a snarl. I know who you are, but this is a safety measure, Mr. Blake. No exceptions. Wallace's expression darkened. If you know who I am, you know better than to let this get out of hand.